Hello. Oh, hello. How are you? That was very quick. Were you, were you waiting there with your finger on the button? I am. I'm waiting, ready and waiting with my asshole gaping. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, that could be the line to the new hit song, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of rhymes. It did rhyme. It was very yes. good. Yeah, you've obviously said that more than once. <laughs> <laughs> I've practised that line. Many occasions. <laughs> is, that, is that your chat-up line? <laughs> Hello and thank you for listening to episode 63 of 60 Minutes with I'm Dave. This is the entertainment show for December 2016. And I am joined by... <laughs> the, well, I've got to, got to explain this. He is the Purton sex robot. It's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it. I wonder what you, where you were going with that then for a minute. You are. You are a sex robot by all accounts. Well, according to Dave and Jerry, my wife's pregnant again. I'm thinking, I'm fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't she pregnant every ten minutes, according to them? Because, uh, no, I'm quite enjoying her not being pregnant at the moment, which is quite... <laughs> well, they say, actually, that you, 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 obviously when your partner is pregnant, you can, you can have sex sort of like and not worry about the... Um, you know, getting more pregnant, because that's not likely to happen, is it? So, um, but yes, it, all that's, that's work. That, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> it's all working quite well, you know. It's yeah. nice to get back on the horse, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, sort of make sure that, you know, I didn't fall in, which was a bonus. <laughs> Did you do the old, like, strap a plank to your backside just to be safe? <laughs> so you know that was quite good yeah. um you know it's nice it's quite it's good at the moment it's oh my fucking it's all right my um my daughter's having a sleepover at the moment and, and it's basically she's got like sleeping bags and her duvet downstairs and she's been really excited about it but i can hear her fucking voice because normally she'd be in bed by now and i, was, I don't have to worry <laughs> about anything so it's just like i've just heard her in the kitchen sort of like going i want some sweeties it's like oh for fuck's sake so <laughs> I, i'm retreating so um when he says oh i know it's short notice but do you fancy doing a show i was like oh that's quite good <laughs> I can escape. <laughs> Get out of the way. How dare your daughter be talking? How dare she? I, I know. God. And um, the thing is, well, my wife, she said, are you going to sleep downstairs with us? Because they plan on sleeping downstairs. And I'm like, um, no fucking way. I, I'm going to be quite happy having the bed to myself tonight. That'll be quite a nice double bed. Um, and while they're downstairs, I'm, I could squeeze a wank in as well, actually. That's so. it. Yeah, you could blow up that doll. You could get the fleshlight out. You could do anything. <laughs> I could get her rampant rabbit out and stick it up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So, um, yeah, anyway, they're having fun, I guess, I hope. I've kind of left them to it. I've I've given them loads of sweets and drink and stuff. To, and they're watching a Barbie movie. Fucking hell. She's, I, don't, I don't suppose you've ever watched one of these fucking films. But um, they oh, are I have. Like, I have. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. God. I was there at the beginning. I think it was the first... Um, sort of CG Barbie movie that came out because what well, my daughter was 18 last month. Um, so you, you watched it for her 18th. So I watched it for her 18th. <laughs> so good to the Barbie movie. 
<laughs> no, I think it was one of the first ones that came out on DVD, and I remember watching yeah. that with her. Yeah. I didn't realise it had been going that long, but, um, yeah, so she watches, the, you know, the, the Barbie movie. But I, th- I mean, I know probably I did it when I was a kid, going, we're going to talk about Star Wars later on, and I watched Star Wars every single day when I was a kid, you know, and, and so, but she watches the same one over and over again. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my god! I mean, we did we, we did go through like a phase of Frozen every day, um, you know, and then it was other movies. But then you kind of introduce more Disney films. But it's like these bloody Barbie movies, shite, is what they are. <laughs> but still, my I can wife tell seems, you're not a fan. My wife seems to quite like them. Yeah, uh, silly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, did you have a good New Year and Christmas and all that sort of business? You went away, didn't you? You went away to uh, to Italy, is that right? Yeah, I went to Rome. To Rome? Yeah, for Tina's birthday, because her birthday's mm-hmm. on the 20th of December. So we went there, yeah, we thought we'd, you know, give her a separation between a birthday and Christmas. So, uh, yeah, we went there. It was lovely. It was bloody hot. It was 22 degrees. Ooh. Yeah, we had a nice time now. Lots of uh, lots of cocktails. Oh yes, yes. Um, I bet you had lots of cocktails. <laughs> cocktails. When in Rome, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what was that place you went to? I, I saw you, you got like a demon's t-shirt on, and it was like um, like a old film memorabilia or yeah, Profundo Rosso. It's, um, yeah, it opened in 1989, uh, if memory serves me right, and it's Dario, Dario Argento and Luigi Cozzi. It's their place. So this all memorabilia from Argento's movie in the basement downstairs and there's all sorts of books um, that they publish that's upstairs and masks and full of horror shit. So if you're a horror fan and you go to Rome, it's one of those places like, you know, you've got to visit there. Mm. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah, I went there. I had a good time. I'd been there before. I was going to say, did you know it was there then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, both me and Tina had been to Rome before, but like 20 odd years ago. Um and I'd been to the the shop before, but Tina hadn't. And uh, yeah, it was good. She enjoyed it too. Yeah, oh. yeah. She got to snog another celeb because she had a bit of a kiss from Luigi. Oh, she loves it, doesn't she? She has. Oh, she's. I tell you what, any any male celeb, and she's on them in an instant. Her tongue's like a bloody viper. It's <laughs> wrapped around the tonsils before they even know it. It's, yeah. I, I remember when we met Sam Jones and. Um, at Wales Comic Con and, and it was just like oh Sam do you mind, can I give you a kiss <laughs> <laughs> this was after she kissed him though it's oh Sam kind of <laughs> oh can I give you a kiss and it's like too late then it's, it's like he's been smothered he's a big bastard isn't he Sam Jones he is a bit isn't he yeah yeah, he's bigger than I expected <laughs> mind you I suppose he's uh, he used to be an American football player didn't he I think I thought, oh, well, he did in Flash Gordon. I know that. Oh, am I making that up? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't either New York Jets quarterback in Flash in Flash oh, Gordon. Flash God. Gordon. Flash That's Gordon. A... There's another movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh, I'm sure I'm. Am I making that up? Fucking hell. Sorry, I'm getting my fiction and my fact mixed. <laughs> That's what happens when you uh, have another baby. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I think it was talking about Brian Bosworth from the last... He was a football player, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I'm glad I didn't get that wrong. Yeah, you were right yeah. with that one, mate. That's all right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where do you want to start? Come on, mate, up to you. Where do you want to start on this one? Um, well, since it was Christmas recently, I'll talk about um, a couple of animated films that we watched, because... Um, 
there's usually always animated stuff on and obviously with, with you know little children and stuff we uh, we watched a few of those um so we re-watched secret life of pets which if people who check out the website no i wasn't a massive fan of hmm. um it's okay though it did i'd kind of probably enjoyed it a bit more the second time around it did zip past but then i was kind of like half watching and half not um zootropolis um which i think is probably well it's up there is one of my favorite animated films i, I think that that's uh, such a great film um and I've said it before, you kind of, as you get older and you you do have children, uh, you kind of watch these films differently to when you didn't. Uh, like I remember watching Finding Nemo at the cinema and really enjoying it, but then after having a child, it made me cry lots, which, you know, it didn't do it didn't do the first time round, you know. And, and so, because particularly with the Pixar and Disney films, they do tend to have um, a, quite a lot of layers and depth to them. Uh, I think Zootropolis is fantastic. I think the voice acting is great in that. Jason Bateman is brilliant as the fox. Um, and I know that was in Tina's, one of Tina's top films of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a brilliant one. It's one of the best animated ones for a long time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really good. Um, so we watched Finding Dory. Oh, um, okay. I'm interested to hear about this. Have you not seen it then? No, no. Loved Finding Nemo, but I haven't seen this one yet. Yeah, Finding Nemo is great. Um, oh, when we watch Monsters University, yeah, and, and I do quite like that. I must admit, it's uh, it's quite a fun film. But it, it's not a, a patch on Monsters Inc. Again, another film that kind of having seen it with kids makes me cry. Um, but it, you know, it, it's still a fun film. Um, so yeah, this is kind of I'd put it probably in that same bracket really. Is it, it was good, but not as good as the, you know. Uh, the first film as as you'd imagine yeah um so i mean it's it follows a similar storyline to be honest with you uh for anybody who doesn't know it's obviously an animated movie set uh in the the ocean and uh nemo is a clownfish and his, his dad oh, i've forgotten all their fucking names now um Marlin, that's it. Albert, voiced by Albert Brooks, who is that? So in the first film, it was all about Nemo getting lost, and then his dad going on this adventure. And the, the, you know, the whole story was about his dad being overly protective and kind of. The, the, I suppose the what I took away from it was you have to let go a little bit and let them grow up, and and you know, it's it's hard to do that, you know, and uh, particularly at the start of the film because he uh, his family, his wife got killed, his wife fucking out the fish, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> His partner, whatever you want to call it, uh, his mate. And so in this one, it's a similar thing, you know. So it's all about Dory, who's voiced by Ellen DeGeneres. And it's very good. And one also one of the highlights of the, the film, really, in the, the first film. Um, and this one's sort of like all about um, showing her... Oh, sorry, I've got a fucking Skype recorder. Uh, showing her as um, a little little kid oh fucking hell little baby fish whatever you want to call them and um, <laughs> you know what I fucking what is a really baby up... fish called what is, is a baby it? fish called yeah what is it that's <laughs> I don't know is it a baby fish is it a fishlet I don't know <laughs> what is it <laughs> <laughs> a little fishy, a little baby fishy <laughs> and uh, so it's getting separated from her parents so instead of going you know being separated from your uh, if you like kind of I'm trying to phrase this it's like she's looking for her parents whereas in the first film obviously the dad was looking for the son so yeah. it's again you know they're kind of just mixing things up a little bit um and it's not bad it's not bad at all uh probably one of the highlights of the the actual film itself is um ed o'neill 
who you'll know very well, obviously, from mm-hmm. your Married with Children shows, um, who voices an octopus called Hank, and he's absolutely brilliant. He steals the show. He's very good. He's in uh, the majority of the film. And so, yeah, you know, it's kind of... Um, it picks up from... Uh, uh, I'm not sure what the time frame is. Uh, maybe, say, like a year after, you know, the first film's finished. Um, and Dory is living with... Um, Nemo and Marlin and everything and she's got the, the thing with her is that she's got short-term memory loss so she can't remember anything and so but she sort of like starts having flashbacks about her parents so she you know it goes off on an adventure and uh and you know as you would imagine all sorts of stuff happens and it is very good it is very good um it, it kind of it's sort of like what the problem the problems I had with the secret life of pets was that I have no problems with animals talking and all this kind of stuff you know i can i'm happy to watch that but then when they start driving trucks and (laughs) doing all that kind of shit i start to think i don't know it's a kid's film but i was like oh fucking hell this is a bit stupid now when it kind of starts to go down that route a little bit where they're you know they're driving a truck and i'm thinking no just stay you know just stay in the water or you know it's sort of so anyway aside from that it was good um probably a bit more of the same yeah. um, not as emotional as the first film but still a fun film you know and um, Lucy enjoyed it which is the main thing and the, and the whole family did kind of enjoy it it's, it's enjoyable fluff you know so not bad not bad at all really yeah. I'll have to watch it though we'll have to watch it yeah I, I mean I, I probably would recommend it you know especially if you're a fan of, of that um, so it'd be definitely for Ed O'Neill I think you'll particularly you know because I know how much you love Married with Children um, you, you, yeah, it's very good, mm. worth watching. I tell you what, as well, Idris Elba, he bloody pops up a lot because he was in Zootropolis as well, and he voices one of the, um, I think this is Sea Lion or something like that in this as well, and because he's got quite a distinctive British voice as well, and and so yeah. he kind of sounds exactly because he plays like a bison captain or whatever it was or sergeant in Zootropolis, and it's like. It's the same bloody voice. Do you know? <laughs> You're not trying too hard. But yeah, whatever. It's, if he can get the work, then fair enough. Oh God, um, yeah. He's not out of work lately, is he? Yeah. He's all over the shop. Yeah. So, just out of interest, where, where would you stand? I don't think it, it would ever happen, but what, where would you stand on the whole him playing James Bond or oh, a, a black male playing James Bond or even a female playing a version of James Bond I don't know where do you stand on all that shit yeah. it'd have to be or Jane Bond wouldn't it if it was a female <laughs> <laughs> to change yeah. it to that um, I don't think I'd mind to be honest yeah as long as yeah as long as the movie was good I mean really if you sort of boiled down to it it's all about you know is, is it going to be a good Bond movie because you could have, you know, you could have, I don't know, whoever who was, you know, white male, and it's a shit film. We could have Idris Elba, and it's like an amazing movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess the purists wouldn't be too happy, would they? But I've never been, you know, I've enjoyed the Bond movies, but I'm not like that into them that I would get offended at the casting, really. Yeah, I wouldn't be offended, but I am probably do fall into the camp of. You know, James Bond isn't a black guy. It's Mm-mm. kind of you know, it's just that's the way it is, I guess. But yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, so that was that was nice to watch those films over uh, Christmas. But Zootropolis is superb. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. that is brilliant. That really is. Uh, can't beat that. Um, I don't know. Do you want to take it in turns, or do you want to carry on, or um, do you want to do it? 
Ooh, shall we have a, shall we have a, a back and two with each other then? Go on then. Go on. Why not? <laughs> Um, I only watched three documentaries since we last talked, talked about only. that. Only? Yeah, only three. I've watched more sort of regular movies than I have documentaries, which is unusual for me. Uh-huh. Um, first one from 2012, The Queen of Versailles. Um, story of a couple of middle-aged billionaires in America. Uh, the guys made his money with... Um, Real realty, they call it in America, don't they? Mm. Where they have like real estates over here, they have realtors over there, um, and timeshare, and they begin to build um, what is going to be the biggest house in America. So you could imagine, you know how big houses are in America, especially oh, rich gosh. people. So you yeah. can imagine the size of this bloody thing that they, they want to build, uh, and, and they're going to call it Versailles as well. Um, yeah, just to be a bit pretentious. So they get part way through it, and then there's the big crash. Um, all the money goes, there's the banking crash, people aren't buying timeshares, uh, and then they can't finish the house, and then all the money's wrapped up into the house. So basically, it's the story of you're watching these two vacuous billionaires who've got like about seven or eight kids um, slowly sucked down as they're losing the money, which mm-hmm. is quite enjoyable in a sort of. Um, sadistic kind of way schadenfreude <laughs> is, that the, is that the word that's the word that's the <laughs> word <laughs> um, but it's it's worth watching just to see them panicking and it's like their version of having no money compared to you know like you and me and most people listening to this is like two polar opposites and sort of as, as nasty as it might sound you're going yeah yeah have a taste of that you bastards did they become penniless, or what happened? Um, no, it, it ended up a bit weird, from what I can remember. They were they were like trying to sell the house, I think, for like about three hundred odd million. No, it wasn't. It could have been seven hundred odd million. I forget the exact amount they were trying to sell the unfinished house uh, and trying to get money back from all of the timeshare places that he owns. Uh, it was horrible though, because right, the place that they lived in wasn't like small by any means Mm. so they've got all these kids and then one of the kids has got like a pet lizard and it's horrible because they find it like the documentary filmmakers following them and the lizard's dead and they say and the mum goes oh your lizard's died and one of the daughters goes oh i didn't even know i had a lizard fucking hell it's like for fuck's sake (laughs) yeah how do they make their money i'm looking at some pictures of them i mean yeah look at the the kids just it's through the guy the the husband i mean he she married him i mean she's all like fake tits and just popping out kids yeah 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 Uh, and he made it all most of it through timeshare oh hmm good would you recommend it i'd recommend it's not I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it, but if you're in the mood just for going, for watching something um, and just getting a bit of enjoyment for watching them lose money, it was all right. Mm. Mm. It wasn't as good as um, the new Werner Herzog documentary. Oh, Tina oh, loves, loves oh, him. She loves a bit of Werner. That she does. Werner. Oh, she could she could listen to him like read anything to her, and she'd just she'd just be sat in a wet spot immediately. She really would. <laughs> yeah, I think he's quite a scary fucker. Well, he is though, isn't he? What was it? Was it? Um, oh, Jack Reacher, isn't Jack he? Reacher. The best? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. After watching that, although I think secretly she'd she'd want him to be a bit scary with her. 
you know, threatening almost. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you? She, I don't think it, it chewed his fingers off in that or something like that. Oh, I'm sure there was something about his character to escape whatever horrible Ooh, yeah. thing it was. I'm sure he chewed his fingers off. So she'd be losing out there a little bit, wouldn't she? <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't be able to provide a service. Yeah, you? that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he kept them. You never know. It oh, might, yes, yeah, that's fine. a different dimension to it. <laughs> <laughs> they could be all over the bloody place. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Werner, how can you get all your fingers in all those different orifices at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> you could have one, one up the bum and then yeah. one, one up the chuff and then he could, pick, <laughs> he, he could pick your nose as well at yeah. the same time. Clean away your wax out. It'd be anything. Scratch your head. <laughs> Suck a finger. Oh, God. Where are we going with this? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, luckily, he did have his fingers to film <laughs> to film this. Lo and behold, reveries of the connected world. And it's him looking at, um, well, as it says, the connected world, the internet. It goes to, like, to the birth of the internet. It goes into, which is really interesting, the room where the internet started. Wow. Yeah, not not the World Wide Web with, what was it, Tim Berners-Lee, wasn't it, with the World Wide Web, but the actual internet and a computer talking to another computer. Uh, it goes into th into that room where it started, and he follows the story through, going all the way through today. Um, the scariest bit about it, mate, is they sort of speculate on what would happen in today's society if the internet, like, crashed and disappeared. Mm. Holy oh, oh God. fuck! It's fright. I mean, even like the um, the medical side of stuff that relies on it. You know, there'd be people dying and people freaking out that they couldn't Snapchat the lunch. Uh, it'd be just like chaos. But it would be real chaos if the internet went because we rely on it just totally now. It's well, ridiculous. It, yeah. I mean, it'd be banking. It would be like you said, medical. It'd be, it'd be everything. Fully enough, I'm looking at. Um, sort of like a singular password thing just to keep everything in check so i'm looking at LastPass. i don't know if you've ever heard of it basically it's like it you know provides you with encrypted passwords and you know random passwords and uh, it keeps everything under kind of like a lock and key but in a one safe place supposedly um but you just think if all that went you'd, you'd be fucked wouldn't you oh you god know? yeah just no. logging on to internet banking looking at porn fuck you know porn <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That, oh, that would be thing is because like that you know we're of an age where um, we used to sort of like hunt around for a bit of titillation, didn't we? Or use your imagination. Yeah. I've said it before the the K's catalogue, you know, yeah. the Littlewoods Littlewoods catalogue, the lingerie pages. Yeah, exactly. Um, were, were gold. Oh um, God, if you ever got one that got those knickers with like a sheer sort of see-through front, and you saw oh. just the tiniest little bit of bush, and you're going, oh God, look at that. I know. <laughs> or the, the sort of like see-through um, bras where you can see some nipple. Oh, dear. It was amazing. Um, but, and, and, you know, as a kid, we'd play and, and we'd find sometimes uh, in a, a lay-by that the, the truck drivers had, had ditched their <laughs> filthy mag, you know, wank mags. You know, we'd find them. Yeah. And again, looking back, you'd think, fucking hell, they're probably covered in jizz, you know. <laughs> but as a kid, you'd think it was amazing. But And, and uh, even like... Um, finding like you know videotapes even when sort of like technology did start to come into it a little bit you know and you'd you'd, you'd watch a video uh, but then you know if your mom or your dad came into the room it's like quick fuck it eject 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 <laughs> you know 
I, and I always remember again where things changed and oh, I shouldn't say this probably but my dad's not going to listen but um, <laughs> we used to have um, satellite TV and sort of like he'd hooked it up so that the, the, the receiver and everything in the box was downstairs but I, it was hooked up to my TV upstairs but the only downside to that was I, I could only watch what they watched downstairs yeah so it was, it was great you know if, if like say i wanted to watch a film and they weren't bothered about watching anything so i'd just stick it on and i'd lie in bed and watch a film obviously fucking hell kids today can do what they want watch it on the phone tablet all sorts but then i remember watching it just add the tv on late at night once and after midnight there was a, t- a, a show called uh, television x oh, which yeah. was like the, the porn sort of like channels I mean there's loads of them now you can watch them all in free view I don't know if American listeners or overseas listeners get this but um, a lot of them they're just kind of like you can't hear what they're saying because it's like these do you remember that the old sort of like oh eight four five fifty fifty you know you'd phone up <laughs> these sex lines and everything well now that's changed so you have like on the TV a scantily clad or half naked woman sort of like pretending to be shagged like in all these different sexual <laughs> positions but on the phone and shaking the phone like call me call me kind of thing but obviously you can only hear what they're saying and playing out their fantasies or you know saying oh you know um pretend i'm banging you from behind or something like that <laughs> so you can't hear it but i remember going back when i was younger and it, all of a sudden that you, you get a 10 minute like uh, free view where you wouldn't see anything hardcore but you'd get like a little bit yeah. of yeah titillation and it turned on and he must have paid to have it extended because after the <laughs> after the 10 minutes i was like this hasn't gone off and there's a bit of porn this is amazing this is the best thing ever i'm lying in bed with like fucking porn playing but um some bonus time you were there oh. ready to crack one off within the usual 10 minutes and then it carries <laughs> on and you think it's bloody scary. hell i know scary thing is though it's quite well, yeah, it's a bit sick, really. Is that we must have finished at the same time because it went <laughs> like father, like son. Because it, it went off shortly after I'd uh, uh, released, shall we say? Maybe he heard you. Maybe he heard this cry from upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! <laughs> oh god. So, oh yeah, I haven't thought about that for a long time. Funnily enough. <laughs> It's like Tutti Fruity was one. I know it was on a German channel. Uh, oh, yes, and the big the thing German. of that, Yeah, all the German ones. But this Tutti Fruity was in 3D. And I forget exactly what it was. All I know, there was, like, boobs out in it. Um, but it was the old school 3D. You know, we had, like, was it green green and blue? Green and red glasses? Green, put green and red, I think, Green and yeah. red. Um, and I remember we didn't have 3D glasses. So I literally got, and it worked, was like, we'd got... Um, sweet wrappers and if you got a red one and a green one and you held them up to your eyes you could do it you could make oh. them look in 3d uh which was awful would, 3d is that how would you have a toss though if you, well, were... you could hold them both you could hold two two sweet wrappers in one hand above your i'm doing it now actually above your eyes <laughs> it's like muscle memory it's coming back to me <laughs> above your eyes leaving one hand free so you're fine oh, yeah that's brilliant um where where were we go? Where did we go? Oh, I don't Bernard know. Hurt, so Bernard, I yeah, there was, <laughs> there, was uh, there, there was no wanking in this documentary. Anyway, <laughs> you don't see Werner cracking one off to uh, 
to any German channels. But it is it's, it is really, really interesting to see from the very beginnings of the internet to where we are now and the different uses of it. And like I said, what would happen if it went wrong and all this kind of stuff. It's really, really good. But it's Werner. You know, anything that Werner does is worth watching. Mm. Uh, the third documentary, before I pass it back to you, mate, is called C.T. Fletcher, My Magnificent Obsession. Have you ever heard of C.T. Fletcher? I No, I haven't. No, neither have I, uh, had I. But apparently he was the six times, and I think it's world heavyweight weightlifting champion. All right. He's a big bastard. Really, really. <laughs> is it, and he's like, a bit, I think he's about 57, 58 now, but he's, he's still big. Uh, and it's his story. He had... Um, he has really bad heart problems. He said he was going to die. He takes, like, each day that he's got now is just, you know, it's over time. It's an extra day that he's got. They said he would never lift weights again, but he does. Um, and it's when he's lifting the weights, though, but it's his story of, like, how he's overcome this and he's carried on with his weightlifting. Uh, apparently, he's a big thing on YouTube. He did all these inspirational videos on YouTube, which I hadn't seen at the time. I've seen a few since. Uh, and he wants to open up his own gym. So it's really, it's the story, the story arc is is the gym opening. But then you see him and he's got like this, um, he was really close to his mum and his mum died. Uh, his dad's still alive and they've got a really shitty relationship. So he goes and visits him. You've got that sort of going on as a little side story. Um, there's great stuff though you see him when he's lifting weights and he's like curling and he's looking at his biceps and he's going... I own you. You'll get bigger, <laughs> you motherfucker. Don't you fucking snap on me and all of this. But he's like, he's so intense. And he's got, what I loved about it, he's got one of those voices that is just like rich and deep. And again, uh, much like Werner, I could just listen to him talk anything. And it helps that he's got he's got this habit of just calling everybody a motherfucker. Which <laughs> <laughs> but he's a really cool guy. And... Um, I just I just talked to him. I thought, yeah, you're you're a good guy. And watching the story of of him trying to open this gym, I'm not going to say how it ends, but if you're into that kind of stuff, it's yeah, I would recommend that as well. It's just for him. I really took to him as a person, and um, it was one of those where I'd get in, and if I'd got like twenty minutes or so, I'd, I watched it like in about five or six, you know, ten to fifteen minute sessions, mm. and really enjoyed it. So yeah. But I think out of the three, the Werner one's the best documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just looking at the IMDb on that, it's got Steve Austin and Bill Goldberg in, in it. Yeah. Right? Me, ve Pia? Very briefly. Very briefly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, keeping it on the wrestling theme, I guess, since I mentioned them, it's fucking seamless, this, isn't it? It is. Um, we watched Central Intelligence. Oh, right. I want to watch this. Oh, is that another one you haven't watched? Blimey, it's normally the other way around. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this stars uh, the, the Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and Kevin Hart. Uh, I haven't really seen much of Kevin Hart's stuff. I must admit, he's uh, from what I understand, a stand-up comedian mm -hmm. who's very funny. From what I, I, Kay watched some of his stuff over Christmas because uh, it was on Comedy Central or whatever, and um, sort of he, people at work have described him as a bit like sort of reminds them of Eddie Murphy in as much as you know or uh, Chris Rock kind of in terms of his stand-up comedy and yeah. obviously make, making that transition to, to movies I haven't seen much of if anything really the only thing I've seen or uh, listened to him in was he was in that Secret Life of Pets he played the bunny rabbit uh, and he got, oh he know, did he was really good in that as well as the voice I thought well, he got more tits did he <laughs> I liked him I liked the rabbit in that but uh, anyway have you um, not seen Grudge Match then 
Uh, that's the Stallone and De Niro one, isn't yeah. it? No, I've not watched. I'm, he looks a bit shit. Is it? Is it any good? No, or? it's all right. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got, I've got to say. Um, so anyway, the story behind this is that uh, Kevin Hart is. Um, I wouldn't call him a high school jock because he's not a jock, but he's kind of like the, the you know the 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 king of the high school, and uh, he, you know he can't do anything wrong, and he's amazing. And then Dwayne Johnson is a fat uh, loser who everybody takes the piss out of, and and you know people don't like him, and he's the butt of all the jokes and everything else. And then switch forward, sort of like you know, say fifteen years, or whatever, and. Uh, Kevin Hart's stuck in this sort of dead end job. He's not happy with his life. Uh, yes, he married the high school sweetheart, but you know he, he's kind of down on himself. He feels like he's a loser, and he doesn't want to go back to his high school reunion. And then all of a sudden, he gets uh, a message, uh, a bit sort of like cryptic, and it turns out that it's The Rock who, who you know, contacts him. And he's kind of The Rock plays a strange character because he's sort of like. He's obviously a big bastard, you know. He's fucking huge, and oh, yeah. uh, uh, but he sort of like wears unicorn t-shirts, and he's all about sort of like peace and love and all this, that, and the other. And he seems like he's a bit of like a stoner dude. He seems, but he's not, you know. And and then it turns out that he's like a CIA agent, and it's a you know uh, sort of like chalk and cheese, you know. And it's seeing how they kind of have changed and whatever. And yeah. Kevin Hart then gets you know embroiled into this conspiracy and whatever and and it is it is pretty funny it is pretty funny um i mentioned jason bateman earlier on he pops up in it as well which is good and i have to say about the rock he's a he's a really charismatic um guy he's oh definitely yeah you know i watched uh, the first i watched of the rock was when he was in wwe and uh probably at the height of his power in that you know before he started acting and him and stone cold and triple h uh, and this will mean nothing to any of you guys but you know it's it, they were sort of like at the peak of their powers and really popular had some great matches but you could tell that he he was a really charismatic dude when he first came into it because his dad was a wrestler as well um Everybody hates him. Um, I think his name is Rocky Maivia, if I remember rightly. And he was supposed to be like one of these good guys. Everybody hated him. And then he kind of like, I suppose, you know, whether it was through his own decision or through you know, the WWE, he started to change. And he was like, well, if you're going to hate me, I'll give you something to hate kind of thing. You know, become a bit of an anti-hero. And, and then everybody started to really like him. And then obviously he started getting into TV and films and movies and everything else. And he's great he's really good you know he's kind of when i heard i think it was last year he's like the highest paid actor in hollywood and you're thinking fucking hell that's a bit <laughs> random but then when i actually sort of like sit down and think about it you think well actually he, he probably does deserve it because he's worked his ass off you know he's, yeah. he's he, you know he worked on his acting um you know he's he's done a lot of good stuff i mean I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Baywatch. Have you seen the new... Yeah, I have, because that's one of those... Because you know my thing about trailers is I won't watch them if I know it's a movie that I want to watch. So I was undecided with Baywatch. I thought, do I want to watch it or not? So I watched the trailer for it. I watched the trailer. It's mm-hmm. like um, this Central Intelligence. I watched the trailer for that because I didn't know much about it and didn't know, oh, do I want to watch that? And I thought the trailer, like, yeah, that's definitely something I want to watch. Yeah. So it's, you know, in looking at his sort of what he's done you know he has done a bit of guff but then he's done a few good films as well I mean, like, I've enjoyed San Andreas last um, oh, I love that 
Tina hates it, but I loved it. I thought it was great. It was good entertainment, you know. Um, The the one thing that it's rumoured, but he's been named as perhaps the lead actor in fucking remake of Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. And as far as I'm concerned, that he can fuck off if if that is a thing. (laughs) Because I know a lot of people don't like that film or, you know, sort of slate it. Maybe you had to be around at the time, but I fucking love Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, me too. I think it's a great film, you know, and... Uh, there's a lot of stuff about whether it got released at the wrong time where it was billed as this big blockbuster and it failed financially um i think it's a great film it's it's just you know it's kurt russell and john carpenter isn't it so um but yeah, no, you can't go wrong with you can't go wrong with either of those oh, together no. it's like yeah it's perfect not at all but yeah central intelligence good fun i enjoyed it so yeah right then that's on my, definitely on my to watch list then yeah on. So, oh, but there's a definitely there's definitely a film that we're going to talk about together. I think. Um, yeah, I think you've been to the cinema to yes, watch it. Yes, yes, I have. I know, sure. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to do it in a bit? Um, shall we get it out of the way now? Then do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> or do, you, or do you want to tease everyone and leave it for the end movie one? Well, I don't know if we section. should talk about something a bit more. Um, oh, where was I going? Not not interesting, but something we can have a giggle at <laughs> okay, later <cool>. on. <laughs> not Star Wars. Uh, oh no, no. The, the, the TV stuff we'll save to last. <laughs> Go on then, we'll do that then. Um, but movies, yeah, let's movies. I mean, I'll I'll fly through a couple of movies. Um, one from two thousand and nine that I'd got like no idea about. Unlikely Hero. You ever heard of that? Uh, doesn't ring a bell. Right, listen to this for a cast. Jeff Daniels. Mm-hmm. Lisa Kudrow from Friends, Emma Stone, and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, quirky. is If you're going to use like a one-word review, quirky. Uh, Jeff Daniels is married to Lisa Kudrow. Is it Kudrow? Kudrow? Uh, Kudrow. Kudrow. I think I say. Yeah. Whatever. Fucking um, Phoebe from Friends. Yeah. Um, he's... he's um, He's a frustrated author. He's written one book, didn't like it. Uh, he's got, I think it's three months to write his second book. He goes out into this sort of, like, house in this rural America while his wife's um, still in the city working. So they only meet up at weekends. He's in the house by himself all week. He's under pressure uh, to write this book. Um is all by himself. He feels very lonely. He's all by himself. The only company he's got is this imaginary friend called... Um, Captain Captain Excellent, who's played mm-hmm. by Ryan Reynolds in this sort of like wacky superhero outfit, complete with cape and lycra and all of this, um, almost a bit like um, oh, thingy dropped at Fred. In a way like that, you know, this imaginary friend that keeps appearing. So Jeff Daniels is talking to Captain Captain Excellent all the time, and in trying to uh, Captain Excellent is trying to inspire him to write the book and all of this. Then Jeff Daniels meets Emma Stone's character, who is very very similar to Jeff Daniels in that she's a bit isolated, feels feels alone. Um, the two connect. She goes round um, and babysits for him, even though he hasn't got a baby. He gets around initially on the pretense of babysitting, and he mm. just goes out and he goes into the town. But they form this really good friendship between them this relationship nothing sexual or anything but of course you know his wife finds them one day she comes in and she's there nothing's going on but she perceives it as it's a sexual relationship going on um and again i'm not going to say any more about it because it's quite 
it's quite entwined with the, the, the different story arcs from each character. Um, but if you like a little quirky movie and you love any of the actors that I've just mentioned, recommended, mate. Definitely recommended. You've got Ooh. to be in this. Again, it's one of those you've got to be in the mood for it. I can imagine people watching it and going, oh, that was a bit shit. Mm. And, but if you put your feet up, you know, don't touch your phone and all that kind of shit, just pay attention, have a drink. So it was really good. Really enjoyed it. And one that was not on my radar whatsoever. Because mm. mm. uh, looking at this, it's called Paperman. Yeah, it's also known as Paperman as well, yeah. Because oh. that's the title. I think, if I remember rightly, that's Emma Stone's character tells him that should be the title of the book he's writing. Right, OK. Yeah. Looking at it as well, is it a husband and wife uh, directing? It's Kieran Mulroney and Michelle Mulroney. Oh, it could this, be. I don't know about that. Maybe direct, it is. Directors. Uh, oh. I'll have to keep my eyes open for that one. Mm. Yeah, like I said, you, if you're in the mood for it, and you'll soon know within like 10 minutes if you are or not. If it's not clicking with you, don't bother. Um, but if it does click with you, it, it is a good one. Cool. I'm uh, surprised it hasn't sort of, um, you know, obviously because Ryan Reynolds has, you know, become a bit more popular through Deadpool and stuff like that. Yeah. It hasn't sort of like, because sometimes you get that, don't know, these little scene films that, you know, come out to little or no fanfare. And then uh, when a, an actor is becomes really popular, they sort of like put, give them a bit more of a push, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I've if, not heard of this one at all. Yeah, it's good. If you want to see, like, say, Ryan Reynolds in Lycra and with blonde hair. Mm. Yeah. What, they, what's Emma Stone like? Ooh, she's, you know, she's Emma Stone, isn't she? Isn't it? Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think you'll watch it then. <laughs> uh, totally the opposite end of the spectrum. Saw the remake of The Magnificent Seven. Ooh, mm. I'm tempted by this. You know what, what, mate? Oh. It was a hell of a lot better than I was expecting. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> we enjoyed it. Um, because, again, it was one of those, it's like, why the fuck are you remaking a, a classic movie? Mm. And it's like I always say, go, if you're going to do a remake, remake one that had the potential to be good but failed. You know, give it another chance. Or remake a shit movie and give it a chance. Don't remake a classic, which The Magnificent Seven is. Um, it was good. Even things with, like, the the score has just that little undertone of, of the theme from The Magnificent Seven, just enough that if you're familiar with the original, you go, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's mm. pretty good. I tell you what, it's, it's more violent than I was expecting as well. Is it? Yeah. Do they give, manage to give them a good amount of screen time and stuff? Because sometimes it, with films like this, like ensemble casts and whatever, there's you, you tend to gloss over a few of them, don't you? You know, it's it's usually just the lead yeah, actors. That... No, they all get a fair crack of the whip, and it's pretty funny because me and Tina were sat there going, "Okay, so he's the Yul Brynner character, he's Robert Vaughn, <laughs> you know, and you're checking him off. He's Charlie Bronson, um, because the characters are still." They do sort of pay homage to the ones from the original. You can see the likeness between each one. But, yeah, they do all get decent screen time. Um, and you do, we did sort of care for the characters, too, you know, what happens to them. And it's it's a good it's a little twist. It's the same thing, you know, it's a little town that, that they get hired and they've got to defend it against, you know, the, the evil guy and his big gang of, of baddies. You know, mm. you, that's still all the same. But there's enough difference in it that you go, yeah, that was good. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, that's good because uh, that's probably one of the positive reviews I've heard of it. Because a lot of people, or the reviews I read, were kind of slating it, saying it wasn't particularly great. You know, giving it two out of five and whatever. Oh no, I wouldn't. No way would I give it two out of five. We we both sat there at the end and went, 
well, wasn't that a surprise? You know, it was like yeah. way better than we were expecting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What's Chris Pratt like? Is he good in it? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, he's, Denzel. They were, they were all really good in it. I mean, Denzel Washington, he's one of those actors that can do no wrong for me. You oh, know, he's, he's just, quality. Yeah, just put him on screen and I'll watch it. Um, and Chris Pratt, well, you know, he's, he's riding a wave at the moment, isn't he? No matter what yeah. he does, it's like, he's, he's gold. Ethan Hawke's really good in it. Um, everybody is. Everybody's really good in it, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I remember, uh, God, it was when we first started doing this, we mentioned um, a, a little-known film uh, of Denzel Washington's called Ricochet with... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember with... Um, oh, fucking hell, John Lithgow? Yeah. Ice tea. Yeah, I haven't watched that for ages. I'm going to have to watch that. I think I am now, yeah. <laughs> it's ages <laughs> since I've watched it. It's like a classic early 90s kind of, you know, sort of uh, trashy kind of film, I yeah. guess. But good fun. It's a great one. <laughs> So, yeah, watch this one, mate. I don't think I'll be disappointed in it. Cool. Mm. Oh, I will check that one out. Yeah. Um, I've got three. I've got three movies left without... Go on. Go, Go on, on. I'll get through them. Uh, I'll save the best one to last. Uh, David Brent, Life on the Road. We watched that. Right. Okay. Good. Uh, it's it's fair to middling. Right. Um, okay. Better than expected, but we were expecting it to be utter shite, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, we love, I mean, Ricky Gervais love all of his television stuff, but we found every movie that he's done, he struggled, really. We found it overlong um, and watered down and not great. But this is going back to his classic character, isn't it? You know, from The Office. Yeah. Um, I was scared about the music in it, to be honest. I thought, oh, I, I hope there's not too many songs in it. Because knowing that it's about him now going out on tour with his band and doing all these songs, I wanted to see him just be, you know, awkward David Brent, of which he is in it as well. But the surprising thing in it is when the... And I forget how many songs, there's probably like about half a dozen songs in it, maybe a few more. They are quite funny, <laughs> the way that they're delivered, um, because it's on stage. We were laughing at the songs as well. So it was it was a nice surprise. I wouldn't say it was anything brilliant. I'd rather watch, you know, the Office TV series or extras, you know. Um, but overall, yeah, it was, it was fine, you know. Six mm. six out of ten at a mm. push, yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, like you said, it, I mean, Nights at the Museum, he's only got, like, a little cameo in that. I yeah. don't think he's in. I remember, because looking through his filmography, that when GTA 4 came out, because you could go to, like... a a theatre or cinema and he'd do like a stand-up they'd actually recorded him doing a stand-up which I thought was amazing I mean that at the time back in 2008 but um, I mean I really like uh, Ghost Town have you watched that? Yes um, I, I don't know have you oh hang on my daughter's just walked in <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was telling you about have you, have you uh, did, I mean what do you think of that I think that's a really good film I actually quite like it yeah, I think it's probably his best one of the ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Invention of Lying, I had high hopes for, but I thought it was shite. No, that was awful. Um, Cemetery Junction, I thought that was great, but he directed that. I mean, he's, mm. he does play a part in it, but I thought that was a really good film. But, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. He's, he's a bit hit and miss. Yeah. So, I mean, that's always the problem, isn't it? I think when you take a half-an-hour TV show and then extend the life of it to, say, an hour and a yeah. half to two hours. It's it's always going to struggle a little bit, you know. It is, Ali G did that, didn't it, you know. And Even going back to the 70s, though, man, you know, with, like, On the Buses and... Oh, yeah. You know, oh, all, I, love, I, love I love all those films. Steptoe and Son. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, God, I love yeah. them more I love them more now than I did back then. <laughs> they, they mean a lot more to me now watching them. 
See, I still watch them if they're on the telly, like, you know, Holiday on the Buses, fucking Olive. Any sort of 70s British sitcom was made um, into a movie, wasn't it? It was crazy. Oh, God, yeah. And, um, yeah, the uh, Steptoe and Son ride again. And, <laughs> oh, God. Love all those films. Yeah. I'd rather watch them than, than this David Brent one. Right. Okay. Yeah, I would do, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, it's on my well, radar. Again, it's not. It's not shit. I'm. You know. I'm not putting. You, I wouldn't say to you, don't watch it. I would. I would say, you know, if if you enjoyed The Office, you've got to watch it. Yeah. You've it's got on to watch my, it. It's yeah. definitely on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You've got Netflix, haven't you? No, not anymore. You haven't. Oh, well, this is a net. Well, it's it's advertised as a Netflix original, but it's not really when you look into it, um, because it had seventy million dollars thrown at it from Universal, um, and Legendary Films. Uh, Universal weren't happy with it when it was done. Legendary were like trying to sell it off everywhere. Uh, Netflix picked it up um, and then touting it as, a, as an original. So for, you know, what is a so-called Netflix original, it's like a fucking huge budget. It was $70 million. Um, sci-fi movie set in the future about this special ops team um, that are fighting all these sort of supernatural beings. Cliched, you know, sort of every sci-fi trope going. Plot holes corny cheesy but fucking hell it's fun to watch <laughs> it's, mm. it is it's it is uh, and again you know it's like sort of a cliched saying but it's one of those sort of switch your brain off and enjoy kind of ones mm-hmm. um if you just want some mindless action um thrown in front of you um with effects that are passable but not amazing um and there's nothing there's nothing new about it but it was just fun. It's a fun, a fun sci-fi action movie that was, you know, it was good. What's it called? Spectral. 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 Ooh. Yeah, this year. Well, it's uh, was it now? It's currently six point four on IMDb, which I'd say was about right for it, really. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's got a nice look to it, you know. Mm, just looking to see who's been in. Um, oh, it's got a decent cast by the looks of it. Yeah. So that's mm. all right. Anybody listening that's got Netflix, um, I'm presuming it should be on the American one. Well, it's obviously, it's on the British one, but yeah, check out Netflix for Spectral. Mm, cool. Uh, saving the best till last, like I said, are the movies that I've got written down here with these ones. Um, Hell or High Water. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah. Oh, what a cracking film, mate. Absolutely cracking film. Oh, is this the one with, um, oh, the dude. What's he called? What's he called? Getting this wrong, Go Jeff. On. Jeff. Jeff. Jetty. Jeff Bridges. Yes, Jeff Bridges. It is. <laughs> I can't fuck that up. We have to watch Jerry and uh, <laughs> said. Uh, I, I can't believe that we didn't mention um, the Big Lebowski when we were talking about Jeff Bridges. I know we but, got we got pulled to pieces for that, didn't we? We did. We did. Um, but yes, is it good? Uh, it's brilliant, mate. I mean, it's directed by David Mackenzie, who directed his last his last movie that he directed was Starred Up. Uh, and for anybody listening, if you haven't seen that, go and check out Starred Up. Grim, grim viewing, but bloody amazing. Um, and then it's written by um, Taylor Sheridan, who wrote Sicario. And again, that's oh, like an amazing yeah. movie as well. So, yeah, you know, yeah. put those two together and you've got, you know, a, a really good, um, meaty story um, directed very, very well with actors, like you said, like Brett, um, Jeff Bridges. Uh, you got Ben Foster, you got Chris Pine. Um, ben Foster and Chris Pine, in fact, are brothers. Um, and they're out to make some money for various reasons that won't go too deep into because that sort of storyline twists and turns. Um, but they go robbing banks. Uh, 
absolutely brilliant. Has you on the edge of your seat. You're laughing at it. Uh, you're you're gripping your seats with it. Uh, it's it, it takes you through the full sort of roller coaster coaster of emotions watching it. Brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, yeah, high, highly recommended. Is Hello High mm. Water? Some really good twists in it. Um, yeah, there's things that are happening. You go, fucking hell! I wasn't expecting that. And then there's like the, some tense bits, like I said, with you gripping your seat and you just like, you find yourself holding your breath. And yeah, very, very looks good, acted well, great story. I can't pick anything bad about it whatsoever. Nice. Oh, mm. that's that's definitely one. You always come up with these really great recommendations. <laughs> just don't have the fucking time to watch them. <laughs> well, out of all of them that I mentioned, mate, if you only get time to watch one, I'd watch that one. Hell or high water. Yeah. Watch oh, that one. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Go mm. on, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a sip of my uh, Vinto and hand it over to you. Oh, well. Um, so obviously the biggest, well, one of the biggest films that came out this year was Star Wars uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, I'll be honest with you. Um, with the Force Awakens, I. I, I'm happy to be mocked for this, and I openly admit. I know you didn't watch the trailer, mm-hmm. but I think it was the second trailer they released that of that I uh, was. I did well up <laughs> watching it <laughs> um, because of the excitement and because the prequels were such a massive letdown for yeah. me. Yeah, me too. Um, a huge disappointment from you know, and I've sort of I've described them before as. You know, you, the, the, watching the Phantom Menace, going to the cinema, you know, and that huge excitement. The 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 whole cinema was buzzing. People applauded at the beginning, and I was I've never been in the cinema when that's ever happened, you know. And so it wasn't just us. The the excitement was it was palpable. You know, people were buzzing, really excited. And then after it, I remember everybody kind of like walking out. It's almost like trudging out of the cinema, and it was almost like you know somebody that asked you to close your eyes and then you know you're expecting a nice surprise a present and they just farted in your face <laughs> and you think you're left with a feeling of fuck um bit of disappointment really um so uh, when the phantom menace uh, sorry not phantom menace when uh, the force awakens came out it was such a breath of fresh air you yeah. know because it was after those three pieces of shit. I mean, the, the Revenge of the Sith is possibly my favourite out of the lot. That's um, the best of a bad bunch, isn't it, really? It's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like they finally discovered a bit of excitement and something that made Star Wars what Star Wars is, you know, so yeah, a bit of not fun. fucking trade sanctions. Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> so f- the second film, um, I can't even remember what it's fucking called now, um, it, in that, what's it called? The... Yeah, the Anyway, where Hayden Christensen's grown up and he's fucking mm. a mopey bastard, <laughs> and oh god, that film! I remember watching that at the cinema as well. It was awful. I mean, it was so bad. Uh, just so much CG, and it's it was bollocks. And that's one of the things that I loved about the Force Awakens was that it kind of felt like, although there was obviously still quite a lot of CG, it didn't seem like there was loads of cg and it yeah. felt like more like organic you know they're actually on a spaceship you know it's a real thing they're not just sat in front of a green screen you know and it was fun and it was exciting and obviously had that sort of like you know moment at the end and it got some really good interesting characters i mean we talked about it this time last year yeah and we, we absolutely i think all of us loved it you know thought it was yeah, we great did, yeah. yeah and then so when the, the, the news you know it was announced that they're going to be doing sort of a prequel to um 
episode seven as it was all star wars because I, I always refer to the first first film as just star wars Me you know too. yeah I, I can't fucking call them by their sort of like subtitles a or new tag. hope I, I can't i never call it i mean like the second one i'll call the empire strikes back because it's the empire strikes back i don't call it star wars the empire strikes back no. a return of the jedi i call return of the jedi you know what i mean yeah and, and, and the first three i'll just call it a piece of shit but so <laughs> so it's like when they sort of announced that they were going to be doing a prequel to uh that my initial excitement was there because it's sort of like you know it's a new star wars film great but then it's sort of like as it got closer i mean i pre-ordered tickets for um the force awakens you know and i watched it day one whereas with this the excitement it just wasn't there for me you know i just kind of maybe it's because it's a prequel and you kind of know what's where it's heading because you obviously know what you know it's going to follow follow on with with star wars so i don't know it just wasn't there for me but then and it was almost like a kind of when it did come out you know and people it was received really well and people were saying oh it's great etc the like the final third is incredible um you know and it's, it's almost like an obligation rather than sort of like uh something to do because you really want to do it it's like oh, i suppose I better go and watch star wars because like you know people are saying it's really good and and whatever so we, we did we went along and i i have to say it was it was really good i did enjoy it um it's I, I can't imagine what kids would make of it if i'm honest with you because i mean i watched star wars when i was a kid as i mentioned i know i must have watched that film over a hundred times it's like your sort of like your uh dawn of the dead and yeah. like my friend my friends he's watched rocky 2 over a hundred times 200 times i think he told me you know he'd watch that constantly as kids so we probably all have those films where you'd watch yeah, them yeah. over and over again um like raiders lost art was another one for me so it was sort of like I can't imagine what kids would make of this because it is quite a gritty film, you know. Um, yeah, it is. And it's quite dark. Um, and, and I know that The Force Awakens had its moments of darkness, but they kind of interspersed them with a, some fun and excitement. They do that with this, you know. The story is, is basically this is how they stole the Death Star plans, you know. Death Star hasn't been built yet or it's just been finished and, uh, you know, they're sort of like a ragtag bunch of um, rebels um, sort of headed by uh, Felicity Jones and uh, then, you know, you've got other people involved, Donnie Yen and whatever. Um, I have to say as well that the cast is really good. Um, I don't think – I mean, people thought that it's a bit jokey in places. Like, um, I don't know if I'm going to go with this. And it's no spoiler because the trailer Mm. is – unless you've not watched the trailer. Like, I know you don't. But Darth Vader's in it. And he makes a few quips. And it's sort of like it's a little bit out of character perhaps. I'm not sure. But I didn't have a problem with that particularly. Um, People maybe have made a bit of a a big deal out of the robot who's – I suppose, would you, I don't know if you'd call it your comedic sidekick or, mm. you know, c- comedic value. I didn't have an issue with that. It, I think, it, you know, it, the film needed a little bit, few lighter moments because, like I said, it's quite dark and quite gritty, you know, for a Star Wars film. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I thought the cast was great, um, particularly Ben uh, Mendelsohn, who I thought was fantastic as one of the bad guys um, in it. Um, I would have liked to have seen perhaps a little bit more of Mads Mikkelsen because I think he's such a great actor. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's very good in it, you know, what he's in it. Um, it was nice. It was a nice sort of – because it had moments where 
if you're a Star Wars nerd or if you've seen the Star Wars films, you think, oh, that's cool that they've picked that out. Well, that's nice that they've done this, uh, you know, and oh, yeah, I get that because I've seen, you know, Star Wars or, hmm. uh, you know, it's sort of, it was it was nice and it kind of like it had throwbacks because and one thing that I did quite like about it because watching Star Wars and I still watch Star Wars now you know not as much as I did but obviously I still watch it every now and then and the final attack on the Death Star always gets the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because I think, <laughs> I th- I think that's, that's great you know um, but the Y-Wings uh, which are the spaceships in that film are, are absolutely terrible you know and they just seem to get destroyed because they're really slow and uh, you know they're crap whereas in <laughs> this they give them a bit of um a, you know they actually think make them look good you yeah. know they do something with them there's some good you know but the final third of it is fantastic i mean it really is it does feel like a war movie but it's star wars you know you've got all sorts of shit going on you've got atats on a beach you know it's kind of a bit like normandy sort of like, like you know it's in the star wars universe you know normandy landings and whatever uh, and you've got rebel commandos fighting the overwhelming odds and storming the beach and everything um it was good it was really good not as much of a crowd pleaser as say the force awakens for me anyway hmm. um but a nice addition a really good addition to the star wars universe um but next year well this year as it is i'll be there front and center for uh whatever they call oh, the next yeah. star wars because yeah. the, you know that's like unknown territory we don't know what's going to happen with that film it's yeah. on the continuation and it's a shame you know because obviously um carrie fisher passed away and um I don't, like i've said before i don't i, I don't get uh too depressed about celebrity I mean this year like 2016 was brutal for sort of celebrity deaths and whatever um, but the only one that really hit me hard I suppose was Robin Williams just because of how it happened and, and how it kind of you know came out of the blue and the tragic circumstances around it but with Carrie Fisher it's just a realisation that I'm getting older <laughs> you know it's a shame <laughs> because she wasn't very old um, 16 you know, wasn't she yeah she was 16 and then a uh, you know, mom passing away the next day. Fucking yeah. hell, it's, br- it's brutal. But um, it, it's a shame because you know I grew up watching her as uh, you know. Princess I believe Leia. she'd finished filming all of her parts though for the the one that's been released this year. Oh really? I okay. believe so. Yeah. I mean, if I'm wrong, you know, feel free to correct me, anybody. But as far as I know, yeah, she completed all her filming for the what you know whatever. Like you say whatever it's going to be called. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So there you go. We'll see. But uh, what did you think? What did you think? I wasn't a fan. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, go, after yeah, I've said all that. <laughs> I'm probably going to get shot to pieces by everybody now. No, I came out... The Force Awakens, saw that at the cinema, like you, wanted to see it really quick, um, did, sat there. I wanted to stay in my seat and watch it again, immediately. Um, yeah, loved... I watched that three times at the cinema. Yeah. yeah. I think I saw it. I saw it twice. I saw it with Tina and then I saw it with my son as well. Uh, probably do the same with this one as well. Uh, this finished, and I wasn't particularly bothered about whenever I watched it again. I definitely mm. didn't want to stay in my seat. And there's a few things to do with this. It's like, okay, um, I agree with you about the final third. It's like, you know how it's like full-on battle that's going on. The trouble being that by the time it got to the final third, the first two-thirds of it, I didn't give a fuck about any of the characters. Okay. I really, yeah. really didn't. Now, you could argue the point, okay, with The Force Awakens, the history that we've got, you know, our age, and we saw it, you know, all those years ago. Um, I mean, I even I saw the first Star Wars at the bloody cinema. Um, 
so I've got that affinity, you know, with Han Solo and Leia and Chewbacca and all of these. Yeah, I, you know, I agree. There's that side to it, but it's also the new characters that they brought in with with Ray and Finn. I really cared about them. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I didn't give a shit about these characters, about anybody. Yeah. Um, Felicity Jones' character. Just where I thought she was, which was just flat. I mean, maybe I'm unfairly comparing her character to Ray, who's really feisty um, and has got a lot going for her. But I didn't connect with any character in this movie whatsoever. No. So by the time you get to the finale, and it's a battle, people die. I'm not going to say who, but you know, obviously some people are going to die. I was like, okay, they're dead. Okay. And I was wowed by the spectacle of it at the end, but the build-up to it, uh, and it was really... And it, the positive, going to a couple of positives, like you said as, as well, I love how they're putting little bits in. Um, that if you've watched the Star Wars movies, you see stuff from in, within the timeline of the story that they're telling from things past that are placed here and there and from things that are yet to be that we've already seen that they're yeah. putting, you know, the the little nugget of it in and go, oh, okay, so that happens and, and this is why this happens later on. And then you're seeing stuff, oh, that's from like, you know, like two movies ago and this is continued. That is brilliant and I'm loving all of that. It's just unfortunate. I just, I really didn't care about the characters and that sort of ruined it for me. I was just like, I wasn't, I wasn't bored in any way. I was just sort of, with it okay yeah it's all right mm. the and again without giving anything away for because i'm sure there's still a lot of people that haven't watched it yet um that un uncanny valley stuff with oh yes. especially yeah. one character was do you want yeah nice that you've done it and it ties in between different movies but it, that just took me out of it again really i mean it was kind of cool because me and tina were just elbowing each other and going oh look look but then it was on a bit too too much and you just yeah. find yourself thinking i'm watching ps4 cutscene i'm playing i'm playing a game and you're taken yeah. out of it aren't you you're taken yes. out of the reality of it i mean i know you're watching you know people in spaceships and this that and your lightsabers and we're talking about reality but within the context of the the world that they're in it's like no no so it's one of those that i'm in no rush to watch again but having said that listeners that'll know from you know listeners to us since we started i've recently re-watched mad max mm. and the revenant which were two movies that i watched at the cinema and were a bit eh, eh. um and while I, I would i prefer the revenant revenant a lot more than when i saw it at the cinema uh mad max i've got a new appreciation for but i'm still not huge about it like some people are yeah so I think this could be one that you know maybe enjoy it a bit more at home it did about you know 18 months time or something I think, like you, I can't see myself watching this again anytime soon. Do you know what I mean? It's, I mean, I see what you're saying about uh, Felicity Jones's character. It, it, I think what they try and do with her is that they obviously it's uh, they they sort of you see her as a child, and there's that family connection yeah. to you know uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, but and I'm, it's just occurred to me that apart from maybe her name, Jin, because uh, you know it's. I can't. I'm only looking now because I'm on IMDb. I can't remember any of the names. No, me neither. Of, of any of the characters. I couldn't I even mean, remember her name when yeah, I came I out mean, of there. It was just like, oh, it's just gone over my head. And again, maybe it's because they they didn't want to make her character too much like um, with Ray and be feisty. And they wanted, oh, they go, oh, okay, so that's just you know 
the rehashing similar characters again. Maybe they wanted to go for like maybe almost polar opposites with them, but it just no, it just didn't sit well with me at all. Yeah, and it's like um, I mean, probably you know because again they were there for uh, not comedic, but you know they're sort of like sidekicks to a certain degree. But the the, the more memorable characters for me were uh, were Donnie Yen and yeah. uh, again his mate again I don't even know what his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, possibly maybe even Donnie Yen. But, but again, like as they try with uh, Diego Diego Luna's character to sort of like make him out like he's a a jaded rebel, and that the rebels aren't always just good, yeah. you know. That he's kind of like an assassin, but and he's become uh, like jaded and and sort of lost into it, you know. Killing's nothing to him uh, in some ways, but. And, and I thought he wasn't too bad uh, at all, you know, but he, just again, I, I can't remember, you know, I didn't even know. I'm looking now, his, his name, character's name's Cassian. I couldn't tell you that. No. If you'd asked me before I looked at IMDb, and, <laughs> you know, it was just, but yeah, I mean, I said Ben Mendelsohn wasn't, was pretty good. He was a high point because, you know, um, he's playing a bad guy and it's, I would say it's not easier to play bad guys, but you've got a bit more to work with. And, yeah and good guys and stuff Forrest Whitaker wasn't bad either you know in a small role that he was in uh, definitely Mads Mikkelsen where, well, I think whenever he's in he adds a bit of gravitas to yeah, proceedings does. Yeah. but yeah it, it kind of I, you know I, I'm, I'm glad I've watched it but oh, I yeah, me too I can't say that yeah. I'm, I'm rushing out to buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray or whatever. No, it's one of those uh, pick up cheap, you know, when it comes down in price. I should also point out anybody listening that hasn't gone to see it and you've got kids, especially kids that went to see The Force Awakens and nearly loved it, uh, do be aware it's a 12A. Um, there was a couple of kids behind it. Well, there's a big family behind us, actually. But there was a couple of kids who were... In fact, there was there was a few at the front as well who were seven something like that one could have even been six and i heard one you know after a thing happened in the movie got quite upset and started crying and one of the older siblings were going oh it's all right don't worry it's okay it's been trying to calm them down yeah just be aware it is a bit more like you said gritty um and you do whereas with the the force awakens it was cutting away when people were being killed this keeps the camera on quite a few times when people are being killed yeah. uh so yeah just be aware of that if you're taking kids to it if don't i'd say like eight nine if, if they're younger than that you probably go and watch it first just to be safe you don't want your kids screaming to leave and then <laughs> you've missed you're gonna miss you're half screwed. the movie too yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, this is the thing see because i do want lucy to watch star wars you know and um but i'm kind of introducing bits to her like i've watched uh bits of the force awakens with a you know the bit where they uh escape um and you know getting the millennium falcon and sort of like that whole sequence you know it's cool you know and she likes that the bit where they sort of like they rescue han solo and and the x-wings are swooping down and they have that fight and i'm so i'm watching bits with her where i'd be fairly happy for her to sit and watch that with me even though she's four she probably wouldn't sit and watch the whole thing but but then there's although there's some fairly scary moments in it that but i wouldn't let her watch uh you know even like you said even at an older age i probably still wouldn't Hmm. let her watch you know what you should make her watch well not make her watch but she she could sit in front of that star wars holiday special from the late 70s oh god (laughs) you should put that on for her she'll love that that's a good introduction for a four-year-old yeah (laughs) 
Caravan of Courage. He watched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, you know, I'll tell you what, watching Return of the Jedi when I was a kid, I still remember that. was One of the first films I watched, um, maybe you talked about it on 80s Picture House, sort of like what were your first um, cinema memories? Yeah, uh, yeah. E.T. was probably there. Uh, but that was post. That was because that was before Return of the Jedi. That was 1982, wasn't it? And I, st- I still cannot watch ET to this day because it traumatised me. Just remember crying <laughs> constantly. Uh, BMX Bandits. I'm not sure when that came out. That was one I watched when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, Return of the Jedi. Being excited for it the whole day. But even now, like when the some of the Ewoks get killed at the end, it still affect, affects me. I'm still like, oh my God, <laughs> they've killed, how can they, they killed little teddy bears. And there's a scene where, um, I know people hate the Ewoks, you know, and, and George Lucas put them in because I think it was a family member, you know, something cute for them. Uh, but I don't mind them. Uh, and there's a bit where sort of like one of them gets killed and, and sort of like there's one running and he stops, you know, and he, you know, because his mate hasn't, has, has kind of like fallen to the floor and he goes up to him and he's sort of like, you realise he's dead. He's like, fucking hell. <laughs> this is a bit grim. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for me, good, not great. Not by any stretch. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with you there, mate. Good, good, not great. It was, yeah. I will watch it again, but it's going to be quite a while before I do. Yeah. Mm. Is that it? Is that the movies? That's my films. I've got a little bit of TV. I've got I've got a bit of TV. I've got three TV, and I've got I've got two games. I've actually got two video games. Oh, okay. Mm. We should say if if you like video game talk, uh, you have to download the end of year same coin show because you all do your top tens, don't you? We do. Yeah. This, you know, I get slagged off for my number one. You do. I still get... stand by it. I don't well, no, I agree with you. Um, you pop it. Well, all of you. I've got. I think I added three to my. Oh, I'd like to buy those now. After listening to that. Um, what were they now? Firewatch was one. Don't want to buy. Oh, God, what were the other two? I've got them written down downstairs. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if, if you want some more video game talk, get to, get the latest same coin with that. Uh, Thank you. That's all right. Until then, I've thought, well, what I'm going to do on this, I'm not going to talk about a game unless I've completed it. Mm. Uh, unless there's no set ending to it. You know, some there's no sort of real... If there's, you know, a set narrative to it and it finishes the world, then I'll talk about it. And But if there's others, um, I'll just wait. So I completed the first game that I've completed in 2017 is one that you completed, I think, last year? Um, no, it's, it was two year before. 2015, I think. Bloody it was the hell. first ever review that went upon the 60 Minutes With website. Oh, my God. And here's me. So they, that's how long ago it was. Wow. The Order 1886. Yes. Mm, I enjoyed it. It got panned, didn't it, when it came out by the press? Oh, it got slated, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a good time with it. And it weren't people going on about, oh, it's only five hours long? Bloody hell, I'll tell you what, it took me longer than five hours, and now I'm a bit shy, but <laughs> it took me longer than that. I mean, I don't know if you could... There were a lot of um, cut scenes in it. I know that was a mm. big complaint. But I liked it. I just liked sitting back with a cup of tea, putting my feet up and, you know, watching the story play out with me. I mean, there was even a couple of chapters where literally you did nothing but watch a cutscene. Um, and chapter length varied from a couple of minutes with those cutscenes to ones that could be, you know, 40-odd minutes. Um, I liked the variety of gameplay. A lot of people said it was just Gears of War light. It's like a third-person cover-based shooter, but it mixed it up a bit. I thought there was a few sort of stealth sections in it and sniping sections in it and um wasn't really anything puzzle based 
uh, to be honest. But I love the story to it. That's what gripped me, and it's very pretty. Obviously, it's you know great eye candy. But mm. I just really oh, engaged with the story in this sort of alternate um, London in 1886, where there's you know the the Knights of the Round Table. You've got Galahad and Percival and all of those, and they're hunting these werewolves and and vampires on the loose. I just, yeah, it hooked me right from the start. You know, when you get into a game. Um, some take you know a few hours before it like clicks with you. This clicked really quick, and I thought, right, I just stuck with it and then ploughed through it. And a couple of weeks, I forget how many sittings that I did it in, but it was one of those that I'd come in, and even if I got like twenty minutes, I thought I'm just going to bung this on and just play a little section and do that. And it's one that you can do that as well. You can play it in little, you know, little twenty minutes or the odd occasion when I've got a couple of hours, I'll put it on. Mm. Never got bored of it. Never really got frustrated with it, um, and just enjoyed the ride. That was, I thought yeah. it was good. I agree. Um, I think I kind of like, spe- you know, spelled out its uh, uh, pluses and minuses and what I thought was good and bad about it. I, I didn't think it deserved the crit- critical sort of like slagging off. It was like there was almost hysterical levels of, uh, oh, God, just snarkiness and stuff on Twitter and everything yeah. else. It was oh, fucking hell. I mean, like, oh, I have a love-hate relationship with the Ooh. Metro reviews. Ooh. Sorry, it's just something. It's the next game I'm going to talk about. I thought my phone was on silent, and it's not. All right. I thought you were having a hiccup or you'd done something. Um, yeah, I mean, like the Metro, because they, they always like list their pros and cons, and they said the cons they give it four out of ten. I think that's a bit harsh. It's very harsh. Yeah. It said beneath the technical wonder, this is just a dull, aimless Gears of War clone, where the attempts at storytelling are just as boring, lifeless as the action. Uh, the cons are unbe- unbearably boring from its first moments, with an underwritten script, bland characters, repetitive and over-familiar action, no replay value or additional game modes. To me, that's just really snarky, mm. just harsh. You know, is it the greatest game in the world? No, uh, but it's not bad. I'm going mean, to imagine for the price you paid for it as well. Oh um, God, yeah, you're really happy. I think it's. I bought that day one. I had the day off for it, for fuck's sake. You know, because I was quite excited to play it, and I wasn't disappointed that I did have the day off for it. You know, um, and that day, I still remember now because. Uh, there was so much opinion swirling around from for it and obviously the website was up and running but there was no reviews and I, re- I remember writing that review that day after I completed <laughs> it in the day and then read the, wrote the review of it and I was quite happy that you know to do so so but there you go so that game will always remain special to me yeah. for, for, for that reason alone because uh, it was the first review to go up on the site and my first ever review for 60 Minutes with so there you go yeah that's a good one yeah Mm-hmm. Right, moving on. Mobile game. I have found wow. I found the perfect poo game, mate. Oh, it you is. love your poo games. I love my poo you, games. You must always be on the shitter if you're... Uh... I, do. You tell you, I don't know what if it is, mate. Here's, here's a little warning for you. I, I don't know if it's without getting older, but I've, I've always been regular. With like, I've, I've been a morning pooer. All, oh, all my too. life, all my First life. First thing is, as soon as I wake up, I need a shit. Yeah, it's it's weird because you know yeah. I haven't done anything. It's but it's like yeah. before I leave the house, I have to have a shit. Yeah, you got to. You know, but, but now it's got to the stage where I'm like four a day sometimes. <laughs> I'm about. I'm, I'm not that far off. To be fair, I'm probably yeah. about the same. 
And so, you know, it's nice now. We're in the age of smartphones. You know, if you can find a little poo game, it's it's pretty good. I bet you, even if you don't need a shit, you'll just make, you know, you'll force one out just because you think, oh, I've got this really great game. <laughs> don't strain too hard. Piles, mate. You've got to be careful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want those. You don't want an itchy ring. Ooh, a bunch of grapes hanging out there. There's, <laughs> and there's nothing. No poo game is worth that, I'll tell you. Oh, Rubbing anus all up there. Jesus. Oh, no. No. Um, yeah, this is called rains not as in it's pissing down um as in what a king does r-e-i-g-n-s okay. um, it was on sale on the android store for 50p the other Oof. week so i thought i didn't know a thing about it um i just read a few review reviews on the google play store like the sound of it thought fuck it it's 50p you know pick it up it's like um a rogue like game but using playing cards using cards so it's a card-based one. The gameplay is as simple as anything. All you do is you either swipe left or you swipe right. It's like fucking... People have said, oh, it's like the t it's like Tinder as a video game. Um, but what you do, the roguelike side of it, is you start off as a king in the year... I think it's the year 600. And you've got to try and survive as long as you can. How many years yeah. are you going to rule? Now then, what you've got to do... So you start off with an, an initial deck of cards and they're all, they've got characters in them and these characters will ask you questions. And normally you like swipe one way to say yes or one way to say no, or there'll be other options like um, somebody's attacking the, the kingdom um, and you can swipe one way and you'll go send out the army to kill them or you can get the priest to do more praying. You've only got two choices either way. Um, but through this, you've got to keep your eye on four separate things you've got um ch the church you've got the population you've got the army uh and you've got the treasury so they're represented like the treasury is represented by um, a dollar sign uh, the army is represented by a sword the church crucifix and the people by a, a little stick figure of a of a, of a guy and there's uh, it it's like a little um it fills up with the colour so it'll go up um, what you've got to do is so if you can imagine like an, a, a, the outline of a man the outline of a, of a sword and the outline of everything else that represents these four different things so it'll fill up you know I was trying to think of like a telethon thing when people are collecting money and you see like the little temperature gauge fill up to the top mm, that kind yeah. of thing well yeah. what you've got to do is you've got to keep it somewhere in the middle on all four of them because if any one of those four drop down to the bottom and empty or any one of the four get too full and raise to the top, you die. So, for example, taking the sword for the army, if it goes empty, your army's gone, you've got no defence, and, you know, enemy lands come in and uh, take over, that's it, end of game. Or if it gets too full, well, then there's a coup against you and they overtake the throne and the army takes control. So you're always balancing between these fours, which then informs the decisions that you make within your cards. So you're following what goes on and you unlock different quests um, and it gives you every time it gives you a set of three objectives that you can follow and these objectives will stay there until you complete them. Um, so I'm just looking now and I've got, oh shit, I was going to look, but I've pressed on it and it's gone. Um, but it could be something weird like um, start a crusade, recruit a priest, you know, with these objectives. Mm. Uh and it's got stats. I'm looking at my stats now. I've There's 40 objectives in the game. I've completed 19. There's 26 different ways you can die. I've died in nine of the different ways. Um, I've unlocked 30, 30 out of the 37 characters. 
Uh, the longest I've been in power is 51 years, and it gives you the name of the king automatically. So this time I was Edward, who'd been in power for 51 years, um, and I've discovered 305 cards. So at the moment I'm playing with a deck of 305 cards. Mm. Now the little um, thing that fills up which showing you how many cards, I'd say it's about a third of the way through. I'd be, there's probably nearly like a thousand cards looking at the way this fills up. 750 to 1,000 cards to play with. So I'm wow. even halfway there with the cards that I'm playing with. Um, so you've got to try and get fulfill these objectives. You're watching the things that nothing goes too low, nothing goes too high. Some of the things that you're asked can be a little bit obscure, and the the two um, the two things that you've got to pick by the swiping left or right, you think, oh, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But that's like, you could even say that with Mass Effect and games, any games where you're given a dialogue choice can be a little bit unclear um obviously the more you you play it it might get a little bit repetitive uh, until you start unlocking more of um of the cards but if you don't hammer it too much and you do save it as your poo game <laughs> you're not going to get bored of it you're not going to because i'm certainly not um and i've still got a hell of a lot to unlock and 50p the price that it was it's like a bargain and it's like I say it's so easy to play all you're doing is with your thumb you're just either swiping left or you're swiping right and making these decisions but it does um it takes you off there's a little bit um is it monkey island with the the insult sword fighting yes yeah, yeah. there's a little thing a bit like that there's this sword fighting um and until you get the hang of it, that can be a little bit confusing, but it does something like that. There's another bit where you, um, you can go off into this cave system. Uh, and because you're in the cave system, the your the place where you rule is without a king. So everything's dropping. Um, every, you know, every move that you make, everything's dropped. So you've got to get out of this cave system really quick and get back to the kingdom and start making right decisions and build everything up. There's quite a bit of depth to it for what is essentially, you know, a, a swipe left or right game. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, you, you, you uh, I think, switched around to Lifeline, I think it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. So, um, yeah. Ooh. You're all about your documentaries and, um, and mobile games, And having you? a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Watching real life and having a shit, mate. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's it with video games for me, mate. Cool. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I haven't really got any... See, I... I've been doing this uh, called Dirty Thirty Challenge. So basically, yeah. pick th thirty games. I'm not going to buy any games for. I mean, it's, I mean, a month into it, I, I started the beginning of December, and you know, there's been some, from what I've heard, amazing sales on the PlayStation Store. I haven't looked once because I'm just, you know, I'm kind of determined not oh, to buy any games. I've picked up so, a few on that. Okay, so I mean, they they even sent me an email like today saying we've added more to. Mm -hmm. uh, to our thing so you know i've been just been completing the games i'll be quite happy doing it. it's quite nice just to think you know that because sometimes you know there's that pressure of buying stuff and then having to play it and you're not really enjoying it or sometimes yeah. you feel like oh i've got to try something else or whatever so yeah i, I mean i've been playing the last guardian because i had that for christmas as a present which i knew i'd, I'd be getting um that's been talked about for a long time i, I won't talk about it for too long because i haven't played loads of it but um i'll probably report back on on the next show that we do because i'll have finished it by then but yeah it's frustrating very frustrating oh, okay. but also i'm enjoying it um you know because of the you know the the actual story and the characters and yeah. the the creature itself but i'll talk more about that last time i don't okay. talk too much because okay. we've got other things to talk about we have so. we have um television 
Yes. Some TV. I've got three TV things. One of them is the one that I know we will save to last. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I've got uh, one and then the other thing that we're going to talk about. Okay, so, then go on. What's your other TV then? Um, well, Sherlock, really. I don't know Ooh. if you w- watch that over Christmas. Do you watch Sherlock? I don't know. Got... Tina watches it. I don't. Benedict's, uh, what did she think? Did she say much about the latest one? Or... No, I've not heard her talk about the latest one. I We did watch, I think it was the 2015 Christmas there was one, was there? A Sherlock yeah. episode, yeah. I think that's the only one I've ever watched. I watched that with her. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right, but I've never mm. watched the series or anything else to do with it. Yeah, I think when when it first came out as a series, we um, I started watching it on my own. I thought, oh, I actually couldn't probably cared like this, um, and it's probably my introduction to Benedict Cumberbatch before he became really big and popular, and you know was into everything. And I think it was because he seemed to be able to reel off all of these long uh complicated words really quickly and you know with a lot of skill you know it's thinking <laughs> that's really fucking impressive to be able to remember all that dialogue you know and say it the way he does um and he's quite a good i think anyway sherlock holmes i think you know brought it up today and everything else um you know and i liked all this sort of stuff that's going on visually with mm. when he's sending a text it appears on the screen you know and he's sort of like look when he when he's thinking things you're seeing them appear on the screen and everything else it's quite cool you know and obviously you've got um martin freeman um bring it back to the office you know who plays watson um and it yeah it, i i've enjoyed it i mean they've done obviously you know some of the more famous things like the hounds of the baskervilles uh, which is good um but the only thing i think i've mentioned this because people from the response i saw on twitter i mean it's fucking hell it's like twitter's bloody cesspool sometimes isn't it so, you know <laughs> and, and you know it's people's really negative people slagging it off saying oh it was just terrible and everything else wow. and I, I, I thought it was was all right i don't think it was anything amazing i thought it was wasn't bad at all um so but yeah and the next one has got oh fuck what's his name toby jones yeah uh, and that looks really good uh it looks as if he plays a villain in it and uh, he's a phenomenal actor i think he's great so uh, anything with him is going to be worth watching so that's uh that's on at the moment the current currently there's i think because you can imagine they're quite uh, they spend a bit of money on it yeah. by the looks of it, you know. Um, and you can imagine that like, the BBC can't imagine they can't spend loads on these type of productions. So, um, it, yeah, it, I mean, I thought it was good, you know. Um, it, were, you, were you ever into the Sherlock movies? Um, I'm going back even to because, of course, we had the two Guy Ritchie, Danny, Robert Downey Jr., didn't we? Yeah, I, I quite like those. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I remember the TV series. Um, uh, oh with fucking what's his face <laughs> i remember the tv series but i can't remember the actor who played him um you're gonna tell me and i'm gonna go yeah yeah that's him do you remember the tv series on itv no i don't i always see my main whenever you say sherlock to me i always go back to the basil, Rasp, basil, the, yeah, basil rathbone a, movies you got basil rathbone of course yeah, yeah and I peter cushion of course as well but basil oh. rathbone so I, I, oh guy I loved those movies um, Jeremy Brett, there you go, and I did I, that no, came to me just as I was typing. Yeah, that that was like as I was a kid. I remember watching those, um, and you know, it's all like as you can imagine from that era, typical ITV TV shows. Hmm. Um, but you know, I've got no real affinity with Sherlock Holmes as such, but I do quite like them when they're on. I mean, I thought that the uh, Robert Downey Jr. ones weren't bad at all. Um, I thought they were okay. Yeah, I enjoyed those. Um, just enjoyable romps, really, weren't they? Yeah. So. Yeah, 
Uh, that elementary is supposed to be pretty good with um, Lucy Liu and Johnny Lee Miller. Ah, okay. And TV. Either. So, yeah, that, and I think they've sort of like um, John Lee Miller plays Sherlock Holmes and Lucy Liu plays Watson. Mm. So going back to the thing we said about James Bond, if you're going to have a, a female one, they they have done that. They've got a female Watson. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there you go. It was it was all right. I mean, it's fine, you know, for what it was. It's, yeah. it's it, forgettable, but you know, <laughs> it, it's on for an hour and a half. So for the hour and a half it was on, it. it you know, kept me kept me going. So yeah, oh good. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, my my other two TV ones. Uh, I'll just roll through quick. Obviously, NFL season. Me, big American football fan. Coming oh. up to the playoffs this weekend. The Steelers are in the playoffs on Sunday, playing the Dolphins. So I'll be locked onto the television. Um, there's if again, if you've got Netflix, documentary series um, called Last Chance You, which follows. Uh, these students at um oh god where is it east east mississippi community college who uh they, they bring in this group of ragtag uh students who have you know who are naughty boys let's put it that way mm. but they're fucking amazing football players and this um this team wins a hell of a lot um and wins hard you know but it, it was it, it was really good to watch. Obviously, if you if you don't like American football, then don't bother. But if you do, if you've got any interest in it, definitely watch this. I've never really watched a lot of college football. Um, I'm watching this. The storyline, even though it's a documentary, if it was put into a movie, you'd think, fucking, that's, that's a bit far-fetched. Because the way it ends is absolutely mind-blowing. <laughs> I was like, my jaw was on the floor of how it, how this whole thing finishes. Because you're watching them, and you're really rooting for some of these kids, you know, because, you know, even though they're a bit bad boys and that, you, you know, you, you are rooting for them. Um, but it's they've got the coach, they've got this coach there, and he's a bit of an arse, you know, he's, he's preaching about, you know, well not to do this and not to do that and then he's out on the field and he's fucking punching the refs and all this kind of shit but it just it's like this slow boiler to this big crescendo at the end and that's all i'm gonna say so if you love american football and you've got netflix watch last chance you uh mm. highly recommended for that uh also watch me and tina watch the three-part bbc series called rillington place um Ooh. yeah have you ever seen 10 rillington place you know the movie with richard attenborough I read your review or uh, Tina's review. If it was yours or Tina's, I forget which. But um, and I haven't seen it now. If I'm honest with you, but I knew this was because this is Tim Roth. Who it is plays Tim Roth. Yeah, yeah. Attenborough's role, and I, I heard I was having a chat with somebody at work, and they'd watched it, and they said it was good, but not as good as the film. No, uh, because again, it, uh, Ten Rillington Place, the movie, has got. It's when you watch something like we said with Star Wars, isn't it? I think if you watch something, I think it's those impressionable ages between like fourteen and twenty-four. I think what you watch and what you listen to, you find a lot of your favourites there, and they stick with you forever. I sort of find that. I don't know if it's the same with you, but a lot of the stuff that you, you get into at that age makes such an impression on you. And watching yeah. Ten, Ten Rillington Place back then, it was I just loved that movie. It was like, oh god, it's so good, and the chilling performance from Richard Attenborough. You know, just really quietly spoken um and again you know it, it's argued about you know as far as facts go is it with you know with the on the nail with this that and the other well maybe they weren't with some and the same goes with this three-part series but i think tim roth did a really good job of, of portraying him 
again for that softly spoken but creepy as fuck guy um and if you don't know you know he's he's, he's a guy that under the pretense of being the medical guy who had, had got women into his house and um raped them basically he just like put them under and raped them and was hiding the bodies in the house he got he got a little tin mate a little tin and collection of pubic hair in it from the, <laughs> from the weird little tufts of pubes from each one that he'd like killed and raped it's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good as you know and it was um obviously having more time over the three hour um episodes gave more time than the movie just to flesh out a few things and again there was people going on uh, i read online there was um, a woman that lived in rillington um, place at the time that this was going on she lived on the opposite side and she was saying well the houses weren't like that because they're portrayed in the movie and the series it's like being really grubby and they said they weren't like that um so maybe a bit of artistic license has taken place with it but it's good even if you've never seen you don't need to have seen the movie to have watched the tv series because it's basically telling the same story um but it was good it was good just very creepy mm. and tim roth was brilliant in it nice i mm. think i'm tempted to watch the film before the tv show yeah 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 i would watch i would definitely recommend the film to you mate which leaves cool. us with with the tv program <laughs> that we've talked about um the first part before haven't we well, yes, uh, it was yourself and Ramrod, because I hadn't watched it. I have now. <laughs> <laughs> um, a very British brothel yes. on, on Channel 4. They, this was uh, the follow-up um, to the first one, which uh, shed a bit of light on a massage parlour in Sheffield called City, um, if I'm, I'm correct in saying it. Yeah. And I remember you telling me about it at the time and, you know, laughing at what you were telling me, thinking this sounds absolutely brilliant. So when they, uh, I think you told me, this says, oh, it's the follow-up uh, I episode. watched that to you and said, you've got to watch this. Um, and, and it was like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, and so I said to Kay, because she loves all this shit. Um, I remember when I was living around her mom and dad's, because um, her mom's a bit weird as well. Like They watch all sorts <laughs> of stuff, you know. There was a, a program on Channel 5, and Channel 5 is... Um, renowned for sort of like putting weird and wonderful shit on i remember when keith chegwin was on naked oh, uh, God, yeah. doing it like a game <laughs> show oh, fucking it was it jungle something or other <laughs> oh god i never watched that but he's just you know it's become infamous kind of thing so and they had a program called cosmetic surgery live with vanessa feltz and we'd sit and watch that late <laughs> on a friday night fucking hell and you know and he, you know it's all this this that was the first time i ever learned what anal bleaching was <laughs> <laughs> you know and sort of like you got the, some of the uh, some of the plastic surgeons giving themselves fucking liposuction oh, you know no and seeing rhinoplasty and all that sort of horrible you know oh got made me feel ill watching it but it was kind of you know, it, it was that type of TV. So anyway, and then like I knew that Kay had been into it. Yeah. So we sat down and we held watching this. We absolutely thought it was so funny. It's sort of like, you know, it's one of those, like it's it, like uh, flying the wall documentary, like The Office. And it reminded me a lot of The Office that you think <laughs> this is so matter of fact that it can't be true. You know, yeah. and it's sort of like, but it is, it's based on mother and daughter operation. They operate this massage parlor and it's, I think you like, you described it, you know, you just get, you get all sorts of clients and people walking in 
yeah. Offered of a cup eight. of tea. Oh, all come ages. on in, love. Have a cup of tea. Cup of tea and a biscuit. Um, <laughs> and a blowjob. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, you know, and they show you around and there's a room, you know, they've obviously got, you know, VIP room, and which has got a jacuzzi in it, which occasionally gets used for people having custard tipped on them. <laughs> guy, there's a guy that comes in with three tins of 69p custard. <laughs> oh. And it's like... God, no, all you hear is a sound from outside the door, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God knows what's happening. And it's the aftermath of the bath. And she's covered in custard, isn't she? she yeah, she's fucking covered. And then, but in the first episode as well, because we, we rewatched that after we watched this one, there's a bloke and he brings fish chowder. In, oh, my God. And, and coleslaw. And, you know, the woman, the, the mom, um, she's on the phone to him, pissed off because the, the jacuzzi's blocked up with all that shit. <laughs> now, that's the first, I will mention fish uh, in a little bit as well. But why you would bring fish to a fucking brothel why or massage parlour is, is beyond me. But and, anyway, and then it's sort of like, it then it's, it, the, the opening scene is it starts, I mean, the women in this fucking place are large, shall we say, <laughs> and they wear skimpy outfits, you know, and stockings and suspenders, and it's all out there. But they're all saying, you know, some people just like to have a cuddle, some people like to, you know, one person likes to uh, sit and um, watch me eat three pizzas. <laughs> And measure me. <laughs> measure my belly after to see if to I've see, got bigger. <laughs> see if I put weight on. Uh, some people like to watch me have a cigarette. Some people like to have a nappy put on them and me change them and like they act like a baby. Like fucking hell. But then the first, the opening <laughs> scene is is like, and it's even the music that accompanies. You know, it's kind of like it is like a bit tongue in cheek. They're taking the piss. You know, you, you can tell that the sort of filmmakers that. They're trying to be respectful, but they're having fun with it as well. You know, it's not like a, a gritty documentary about a brothel. Um, and they sort of like it follows this woman who's got the fattest ass walking up the stairs in stockings and suspenders, and this old bloke with his belly hanging over his um, <laughs> bloody shorts and a walking stick, and he's there going like he can't even fucking breathe to get up the stairs he's gone up two steps hasn't he and he's out of breath what's he gonna do to her you know (laughs) he's like oh god it's and and then the the fish thing is that behind the counter they've got fucking packets of scampi fries Why would you buy anything that makes your fingers stink of fish in did a you brothel? See, did you see what the other snack was as well? Pork oh, scratchings. Yeah. It's like the two worst snacks to, to sell. <laughs> there would be like scampi fries and pork scratchings. And then like, they order these breakfasts and stuff. And this one woman oh my has God. a fucking chicken curry and chips for breakfast. This is about nine o'clock in the morning. Because they open at ten, don't they? And you see yeah. her with this with the chicken curry and chips going, oh, yeah, have this for, This is like a breakfast sets you up for the day. And then it cuts and go, OK, right, we're getting ready. It's, it'll soon be ten o'clock. And I'm going, so it must be like about nine, half nine. And you're eating chicken curry and chips. <laughs> it's what I mean, the hell? Their toilets must fucking... Just, you know, just reek because of all the shit that they well, they do. <laughs> they do go on about the drains, though, don't they? Because yeah. the woman who owns it, there's a guy because there's damp going on. But then, it, no, it's to one of the customers who comes in. Um, oh, is this your first time here, love? Yes. Oh, you'll have to excuse the smell. It's the drains. <laughs> it's like, like you said, no fucking wonder if oh, they've been chowing it, down on chicken curry and chips. 
but it's so funny because like they're trying to you know introduce new things like so they introduce like the concept of a glory hole this was <laughs> fucking hilarious so you know and it's like kind of you can't make it up because they start they get the bloke in to start drilling a hole in the wall and then they start testing it out by saying oh go and get vibrator you know <laughs> so they, they get a fucking vibrator and stick it through the wall and they realize that the average size cock you know five and a half inches or wherever it is about an inch is going to stick through this bloody hole so then they have to rip out half the wall just so they can finish it off and it's then... a studded wall isn't it though because you're like you've got like the plasterboard then you've got the one like two by fours and you've got the plasterboard so that's making it wider isn't it? so he's ripping off one part of the plasterboard to make it better that people putting the conks through they can have more hanging out the other end it's crazy and then they say it's like there's an update on it later on towards the end and say oh yes it's, it's it's been very popular you know one bloke wanted to do it to sort of like knock it off his bucket list and um you know it's crazy you know and they're sort of like they're saying oh it's very smooth you know they're, they're not going to catch anything on their on their nose. no splinters <laughs> <laughs> but then the best bit was when they're saying oh she wants to get stick her life savings into like a new um a new thing and so they go and buy a camper van. Because so th- they're looking at another, they're looking at other premises first, aren't they? And they can't find anything. That's when she has this crazy idea for a camper van, which uh, the documentary, the the narrator says, well, you know, most camper vans go for, um, you know, was it like thirty to forty thousand? And she's got, was it six six grand? <laughs> oh yeah, so you can imagine the type of ones that she went to look at. Not good. And, it but then, good. It, so they buy one and they say, yeah, we're going to take them on tour and city on tour. We're going to take it to the truck stops. And they, you never know how popular that proved. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they, uh, oh, God. They missed and, the trick, though, didn't they? Because they called it city on tour. Then they put it on the side of the camper van. And I said to Tina straight away, I said, they've missed a the trick. They, they could have called it like squeals on wheels oh, on the side. Or, or oh, what's the other one? Um, fucking a truck. <laughs> they could have called it that but i mean because then we watched the first series and um you know it's sort of like they interview some of the punters that go there and and they have the regular bloke who says he's had all the women there and sometimes he just goes in for a cup of tea and then like the, the, the sort of like women that are working there are sort of saying that you know one of them's i'll, I'll give you 100 percent. you know every bloke who who walks away from here he you know i do everything i can to you know, make sure you know he has a good time. But if he can't finish, that's not my fault. That's that's down to him. <laughs> but then it cuts to one of the um, the punters who do, who's talking about this woman who's fucking rough, and uh, he says, "Yeah, I've had a. She's a right good squirter." <laughs> and, but then the thing is, it kind of like cuts to an advert of a fucking dripping drain, you know. <laughs> so it's obvious that the filmmakers are sort of taking the piss, you know. <laughs> It's oh, it was so funny though. What uh, if you can watch it? I think it's on YouTube the first one, but it's on catch up uh, anyway. But if you can watch, um, uh, the, just watch it. It's so funny. Yeah, it's I'm oh my watch god. Both. The yeah. concept of this uh, camper van though was that the mother and daughter were like the daughter was driving, the mother was in the passenger seat. This is when they're on tour. Um, and they've got two of the working girls in the back. 
But they were saying, did you hear when they were explaining about what was going to happen? So you get a punter that would come in and they'd, they'd move the curtain across behind the back of the driver's seat and the passenger seat. So the mother and daughter were still going to sit in the front yeah. while the punter... But... So the punter comes into the back of the... into the camper van. So I have you then got to have both the girls at the same time. Or is one going to stand outside in stockings and suspenders? While the other one gets shagged. Or, worst case scenario, you've got the mother and the daughter sat at the front behind a curtain. You've got you on one of the women. And you've got another punter on the other women, on the other woman, at the same time. It's like, how is it going to work? Because they didn't hey. explain it, did they? And it's not very big either, is it? You know, it's you've not, got a lot no. of room. No. To, so, oh, it's God. not like these big American, you know, RVs. It was like a, a really shitty... Winnebago, yeah. yeah. It was a really shitty one. <laughs> Oh, it was really funny. Yeah, a very British brothel. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, hunt it out wherever you are in the world. Hunt it out. It must be available online. Yeah, must, you know, it's got to be. There's ways of watching it. Watch, watch both of them. If you haven't already, watch the one that was from the other year, and then watch this one. It's uh... oh, because they're saying about the like, you know, the the room, one of the rooms downstairs where they have they put pornos on, and she says it's self service, you know, and a lot of men use that. <laughs> and that's like Kay was saying. So what if you've got a few people in there, like a couple of blokes, and they both want to wank? You know, do, you, yeah. do, do they both do it together, or do, <laughs> you know, it's bizarre. But then the thing is, the funny thing is, is like they get this um, camper van back to the place, and they're all washing it in their high heels and stockings and suspenders, <laughs> with with their dressing gowns on. It's brilliant. <laughs> you know, you couldn't make it up. It's it is really funny, oh, you know? yeah. but you can't help but be, you know, becoming, you know, find yourself becoming endeared to them because they're not nasty people. They don't. Oh, you gotta love people. them. You gotta love them, haven't you? I you mean, know, it's so it... different to. Oh, what's the documentary? Was it the Pussy Ranch about that? Um, I think there's been two. Have you ever seen the documentary about it? About the the brothel in the, I think it's Nevada. No, I'm not seen that. I'm one. sure it's called the Pussy Ranch or something like that. Um, that's worth watching. But it's so this this is so British though. <laughs> it just make it just makes you laugh. Like you said, just having um, nobody in Nevada had chips and chicken curry for breakfast. Put it that way. <laughs> just bringing it back to sort of like you know like seventies sitcoms. You know, you can imagine this being like a seventies kind of sitcom. You oh, know? definitely. Oh, it's they could make a comedy out of it. Oh well, they wouldn't need to because it's kind of it's it's the thing. You know, it's a documentary. Uh, but we laughed our heads off watching it. Really entertaining. <laughs> and the woman was saying once she that um profits had gone up like mad over the previous year of course people had seen it on the telly yeah and thought oh we've got to go there and um in in manchester here that we've got something called the curry mile where it's this mile and it's just full of all these like curry houses so they said in sheffield didn't they did you hear what they said about they've got this um the massage parlor mile where along this mile strip, there's 14 massage parlours. Fucking Along a mile strip, we thought, fucking... Is there any man in Sheffield that actually has sex with his wife? <laughs> because they've got to have all these massage parlours to, like, cover, oh. cover the demand that must be going on in Sheffield. I tell you what as well, uh, Sheffield Hallam University got a bit of coverage. <laughs> did you notice that every time, did. like, it was a shot of the city, they'd put in for the, the, the university? <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to drum up extra trade or something, you know, but... I wonder if on oh. the university website it's got, as seen on a very British problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it was great, though. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it is. I think that's the most recommended thing of this episode, is watch that. <laughs> it was hilarious. 
absolutely brilliant i've been trying to be i'm talking to people at work and they've since watched it you know so yeah great stuff mm-hmm. oh and there we go mate that's it mm. yeah. yeah see i'm glad we finished on that rather than talk about star wars at the end because it would have been a bit of a downer i think wouldn't it if we'd have finished yeah, on star wars it'd be me moaning about it and go fucking hell, listen to him moaning again <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Um, first show of 2017. Done. Um, nice. More planned. Got some interviews planned. Um, the return of the SOS shows again. The return of the Spotlight shows. Yeah, yeah that's for you. Yeah. Might I even get married it. with children if they're lucky. <laughs> I love the uh, SOS shows. They are brilliant. Oh, they are so funny. I smiled like an idiot. Uh, on my lunchtime walk listening to the last one because you, you barely talked about the film uh, we didn't on the was... last one <laughs> <laughs> you just you know ate stuff and and talked about um, shit which was brilliant you know, <laughs> and laughed a lot and it made me smile yeah. so. well, Tina got educated with a few new words anyway I can't believe she didn't know all that stuff that's bollocks yeah. she of course she knew what fucking felching was and <laughs> and all the other things Snowballing. Yeah. She didn't know snowballing. Snow. For God's sake. Bollocks. Yeah. Oh well. Mm. Right then. There you go. Should we tie this one up then? Go on then. Okay. All right. Um, go to our website, sixtyminuteswith.co.uk. All the uh, all the podcasts are on there. Lots of reviews, video games, TV, uh, music, movies, everything updated regular. Lots to go on there. Lots to read. Lots to read. Um, we had somebody there the other day, mate. It was on the website for 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, just checking stats through and it come up and um, somebody in America. So I don't know if they're listening to a streaming one of the podcasts or reading through the reviews. I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, we've got lots of stuff still to write about. We've got loads more reviews to put up. Obviously, all the podcasts are going to be on there. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60 Minutes With. Same goes for Twitter and Instagram, 60 Minutes With. And yes, it's not changed. It's still numerical, not alphabetical. Um, Chris, you on Twitter. Yes, I'm at Dastardly Jabby. And before I go, I just want to say as well uh, to, for Steve Woolley, who's been writing a few bits and pieces yes. for us as well. Um, so thank you to him. And uh, he's got a few more bits and pieces in the we've, pipeline. Yeah, we've got his top 10 music because we've got, we had your top 10 video games. Uh, Tina put up her top 10 movies that she watched in 2016, not that were released in 2016, because uh, we did get people going, why is, why is John Wick on there? <laughs> but that's what she watched. But I know Steve, he's doing his top 10 um, albums of 2016, nice. so that'll be up in the next, uh, probably about the next week. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so Dastard Jabby, I'm at. Uh, Tina's at Spanky Spangler. Um, I think that's it. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. Another one in the books. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. That's good. Yeah. So, and I promise we will do Bound this month because I'm determined to watch it and get it done. Um, obviously, with other things on, but no, I'm going to sit down with Kay and hopefully it's going to have the same desired effect as Secretary did. Ah, of course. And we all know what happened after Secretary. Uh, yes. Mm. Bound's a great movie, though. Great movie. I'm looking yes. forward to listening to you and Tina with those. Because um, that one, Brokeback Mountain, was great. That covered everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. So instead of, um, you know, going rup, 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 rough, <laughs> up an arsehole, um, we're going to be a bit of lesbian licking. Oh, my God. Ooh. Can't beat it. Spilt a milk. Bit, Spilt bit milk. Fisting. Fisting. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh. um, I'm sure I've got something else to say. I can't remember. Anyway. It's the fistings distracted you. It has. It has. I keep thinking of um, the Verna without his fingers as well now with you saying that. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, fist, fistings never appealed to me, I must admit. No. Um, either giving or receiving. I just... I can't... <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the pleasurable benefits in it if I'm honest and whenever I've watched anybody getting fisted they never look as if they're happy (laughs) (laughs) you know I still remember that video I sent you of uh, the Rocky music and somebody punching some like an arsehole Um, (laughs) do you remember that? (laughs) how could I forget? It's just like imprinted onto my mind. That was bizarre. Oh, you sent me the nicest stuff, mate. Thank it was you. The the, uh, the looseness of that woman's asshole was must be you know to have like somebody sort of like doing um, left and rights up the arse. But she does more than four shits in a day. <laughs> but it's like constant. I bet fucking she has to hold, try and keep a skeleton from falling. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Uh, and with that, we we shall disappear. We'll say f- for everybody, keep listening after the end music because you will then find out um, why I introduced Chris as a sex robot. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Cheerio. Bye-bye. You know, let's just start trafficking people in here again to, to, to fulfill our needs. Ooh, it'll be a black market for people. Yeah. It's a thought. Fuck that robot. Get the real thing. And think of this one, too. At some point, governments will be like, well, we're not reproducing at a fast enough rate. We need more people. And they'll start paying you to fuck other humans. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Chris Jellyman could get on board with that because it seems like he's, you know... the People should just start paying him to fuck. His and, wife's and, pregnant every 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. It's busy. It's a, it's a machine. But think of that. Governments, well, well they kind of do that now by giving you the child tax deduction. I think Chris Jellyman. But Jell- it'll be direct payments. I think Dastardly Jabby, Chris Jellyman from uh, 60 Minutes With and the Same Coin is his <laughs> fucking sex robot. That's what I think. <laughs> I think he's a sex robot. Tina, Dave, the next time you see him. Check for circuitry. Stab him. If sparks come out of him, you'll know that he's just a sex robot put on this earth to keep inseminating his wife. If blood comes out, ambulance. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, if you stab him, blood comes out, call an ambulance. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness. Dave, is that blood or oil? Which one is it? <laughs> I say, Governor. Ah, <laughs> oh, you bitch, you stabbed me. <laughs> so yeah, sex robots are uh it's going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs>